This is an RMAC Network. RMAC Networks Podcast with the American Freedom Podcast. Today, we're going to speak about the COVID cases, strep, and, and flu. And also, we're going to speak about other stuff, such as lockdowns and um, continuations throughout the COVID virus, um, how we're going to look at it from a perspective of the future and what, what are we going to do about it all coming up on the podcast with the RMAC, with your, uh, with your American freedom. The American freedom podcast is brought to you by The, the American Freedom is brought to you by MyPillow.com MyPillow.com has a wonderful sale going on right now. Um, they have the MyPillow standard MyPillows at $19.98. Uh, you can buy, the, buy them at using code use code BEST66 or even call 800-559-2875 or go to mypo.com. And they also have their Christmas sale, which is ending um, in March. Use gift 33 for Christmas sale. Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. My name is Ari Mack. Today, we are speaking about um, some serious stuff. Um, let's get into the podcast, but first, um, our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone currently who is experiencing um, whether COVID-19 or even, um, or even strep or even flu right now. Um, so as I was saying before, let's get into the podcast. Currently, there is a surge of the flu virus. And strep in many areas, there is a big surge. Um, and today we're going to speak about both sides liberal side or even my side of view, non non liberals. I'm saying because of concern of medical stuff. What I mean by by that, strep, flu, COVID, um, um, or even... 
non nothing like that. We need people to learn how to move on from the COVID-19. But at the same time, we need people to learn that um to learn that they should test at private places. Right now, we have people waiting on lines for three hours, and if they can test positive, even while waiting on line. In the last podcast, we we said that people are waiting in lines for hours on lines for testing on in public um places right now my mother my mom told me um she got tested for some some at some place and i asked her how long did it take for you to get tested and she told me it was two and a half hours to get tested i'm like it's insane I have people who call me up and I write on my WhatsApp status and Facebook status saying, please call me um, to find out people, um, private people for testing. But these people charge, they charge $40, between $40 and $20 um, a test. Now they charge for flu also, they have flu, flu tests, which is fifty to sixty dollars. Um, if you would like to um get a uh, um a flu or even regular COVID test, please contact me on my Facebook, facebook.com dash rmac because private people are a lot faster. And they come to you, um, they're in the New York region, I'm talking about New York region area in America, um, I'm not sure about Australia, I, 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 re- in general, I recommend everyone to find a, um, private person right now, in general, around the world, in general. Because the the labs all over the world is being it's being crazy right now. Weather, flu, strep, um, COVID, anything. It's being overwhelmed right now, and there's a big, 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 big spike of um, flu. In many communities, um, I was just at, I was just in our Jersey Shore studios. Um, we didn't do, we're not live in our Jersey Shore studios right now, but um, I wanted to go there and see what's going on in the Jersey Shore to see with the um, with certain stuff. Um, and I went to buildings. I went to the synagogue. And they require masks. And I'm like, 
all right, I'll listen. And um, I'm not going to fight it. By fighting, you don't gain anything. You'll gain something. What What does fighting gain by fighting? What do you gain by fighting with with a person that cannot do a thing? You won't gain anything. The only thing that you gain is the frustration. I learned that on Saturday night from someone. Um, and the, and today I was, um, in school and we, uh, they have a mask policy right now for the three and a half weeks until midwinter break. Um, and I, I went in to the off my, I went to the office and had a meeting with um, my director and I asked her, um, what's the story about the mask, mask policy? She, um, they told me that's a three and a half week policy. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight. What is the, what is, what am I going to gain about fighting? I know I say it a lot on my, on my podcast that fighting, um, helps, but at the same time, we have to be careful when fighting. We have to. Because in the medical world, if a person has a high blood pressure or even um, something like that, um, or even um, or even some other disease that can mess up their life, mess them up. Um, that can help, that can, that's not going to, they're not going to gain anything. So, I would accept, I would accept a mask policy for the next three and a half weeks. Um, but during prayers, I'm going to be not masking, um, because that's my choice. I would not accept... I, I don't recommend masking, but if I was um, a doctor right now, as of now, I would, I wouldn't, it depends on the situation. It really depends because, um, I would say if you're exposed, definitely. Get tested and wear a mask. Most doctors say that. And also, if you have the flu or even strep, wear a mask. If you're ill, basically, or even exposed to someone who is ill, that's the only t- um, type of stuff that I would say wear a mask for. But if you aren't concerned, I understand it. You can say that you're concerned. Please wear a mask. And I will, I will accept that. I understand your concern that with the rising um, cases of COVID, 
right now and people who are in the hospital fighting COVID and my prayers go out to those people right now and it's 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 really crazy what's going on in the hospitals right now and all of my prayers go out to nurses and doctors out there who are currently overwhelmed and the people who are testing right now my prayers go out to them seriously it's really it's really crazy what's going on right now um out in America over, around the world people it's really crazy. It's not funny at all. And I want... I wish we have... Remember what we had in 2020? With the... Um, every day... At 7pm... Um, in New York City... Everyone would line up... Outside the hospitals... And just... Um, clap for the line of heroes. I wish they could, they could do that right now. And with this surge and everything, I wish they could do that. Just take a moment and have that moment. And just, it's just wonderful. I was, I was actually... <laughs> I was thinking like, I live, um, I go to school near a hospital, so, talking from perspective of a person who, um, knows stuff, and I, my uncle's, my uncle's a doctor, he, he was on our podcast, Dr. Richter, um, so I know a lot of stuff in the medical world, and my neighbor, also, so, You hear sirens, and we we hear constant stuff going on. We hear in the news, we hear on our podcast, we hear all over. But the one thing is that we can do is to control us. Um, control is prayer. Like what I say is, it's time to pray for the one and only people, doctors, everyone. We need to pray for these people. That's the one thing that we have to do. And today we're we're today's podcast is um, dedicated to our heroes and um, and patients who are currently ill right now. And we're dedicating it um, to people who died during COVID. Um, and it's almost a year, almost two years since COVID started, and we're going to be dedicating it in March of twenty twenty. Actually. Very soon is the anniversary of the first case of COVID. We're going to be dedicating that podcast uh, this coming week, which is January 1st. Um, but first case was January 3rd in New, in, um, in Seattle, Washington of January 2020. Um, so we're going to be doing that podcast very soon. So I'm sorry that it was a... The first part of the podcast was a slight sad part, but we have to, we have to have it. Um, sometimes we have to have sad parts of the podcast. Sometimes we have good parts of the podcast. 
Alright, let's get into the, um, let's get into the good parts of the podcast. Here we go. And I said last week, Joe Manchin, I learned stuff about Joe Manchin. Here we go. Joe Manchin, um, said the following. He's not going to, he's amazing. He didn't, he said he was, who wouldn't, um, sign he wouldn't vote for the Build Back Better bill, and which was true. He didn't. Because he hates Biden. He hates Trump. Um, I think he hates it. I don't know. He has some good friends with Trump, but I don't know. But the Democrats are basically saying bye-bye to him. And I'm like, unlike other people who hates Joe Manchin, and I'm like, not come to the, come to the Republican side, but at the same time, Manchin, um, is kind of, um, a bit iffy. Why do I say about iffy? Because it's kind of weird. So, it's kind of weird what he does. So, Joe Manchin is a good guy, but at the same time, he has his Democrat liberal side. Alright, next, let's go to um, Mr. The Dolph from Parkslope Dictator, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. Here we go, let's play cut number one. Well, we have an important announcement to make about one of our most beloved traditions, which happens every New Year's Eve. This New Year's Eve, Times Square, everyone come on down. We're celebrating. God almighty, please help me, dictator. God almighty. That, that is sickening. That is sickening. Sickening. He's trying to get people to come on down and have a party and blessed. It's sickening, really. But listen to this. Go get that booster now. We want everyone right now, as quickly as possible, to get those boosters and. We're going to make it even better for you with a new incentive, and an incentive that is here just in time for the holidays, because every one of us knows we're out there shopping for our families. It would be nice to have a little extra cash. So as of today, we're announcing a $100 incentive for everyone who goes out and gets a booster here in New York City between now and the end of the year. So it's a limited time opportunity. Get your booster shot. Get a $100 incentive. So. A hundred dollars just to get a booster. They did that at the beginning, but where's this hundred dollars coming from, and who's giving it to them? It's ridiculous. It's a stupid incentive. Why don't they give, um, like something else? We don't need to give 
incentives at all. It's what, like what I said at the beginning of the times when the vaccine was coming out, um, when the bars and other stuff, like, give them, give the incentive of the bar, at least. Or pizza, at least. But $100 per person when they get the booster? Please, God Almighty. It's taking away from taxes. Oh my God. And listen to this. This gets worse. We're celebrating. Part of what's great about our recovery is when we bring back great New York City traditions. Well, we have an important announcement to make about one of our most beloved traditions, which happens every New Year's Eve. i got some folks who are going to celebrate with me here. Because here's the message. We love New Year's Eve in Times Square. We want it to be big. We want it to be full of life. We want it to be a great New York celebration. Guess what, everyone? A big, strong, full-strength celebration. It's coming back. This New Year's Eve, Times Square, everyone come on down, we're celebrating. It's only, and it's only, guess what? It's only to vaccinated people only. That's what he said. Only vaccinated people. Alright, meanwhile, let's go to, um, take a break from our, uh, videos. Meanwhile, round two of Newark Mayor uh, Raz Barakas signed an executive order requiring all residents in Newark to wear a mask at all times while indoors in a public facility in the city. Meanwhile, CNBC triple vax CNBC host self-described germ um, germaphobe. Jim Cramer tested positive. I never knew he was a germaphobe, but not only Cramer got three shots of Moderna, he was a he was so paranoid about germs that he wouldn't even bring FedEx boxes into his house unless it's they sat outside for forty eight hours to de germ. During the height of COVID, I'm like, uh, this guy is like a real Fauci. Jeez. Can we get, uh, can we get someone normal, please? Can we get Fauci, non-Fauci pills for this guy, please? Oh my goodness. All right. Next, who tested positive is New York State Health Commissioner tested positive for a breakthrough coronavirus case infection on last Monday and left the office immediately to avoid possibility of spreading the COVID-19 and to other top officials. Um, Governor Kathy Hochul revealed that last week. United States raises um, travel alert to for Ukraine highest level two do not travel to Ukraine. London's New Year's Eve celebration at Trafalgar 
has been canceled due to the ongoing um, surge of the coronavirus. Dear Santa, and we all we want to be for Christmas is to be off the car extended warranty call list. Sincerely, everyone. NYPD 19th Precinct tweeted that. And it's not nice at all. The latest um, data by the NYPD revealed a major spike in crimes was against the Jewish people, the Jewish nation throughout 2021. The highest number of incidents reported in Manhattan. Mayor of Washington, D.C. declared a state of emergency to, um, last week amid the record of number of lo- new local COVID infections tr- triggering booster boost shot and renewed mask mandate in washington dc um the mayor of the um mayor elect new york city of new york city decided to postpone his inauguration uh it was supposed to be on january 1st quebec officials announced today um today that they are talking drastic step um of throwing Providence into a lockdown um, explosion of Omicron cases. The situation critical, crucial, the explosion of Omicron cases of overwhelming Christian dupe said press briefing our health system is already in crisis. British Prime Minister said um, we will meet on Monday. Top advisors to determine if he imposes new restrictions in the UK amid the COVID-19 driving by the Omicron environment, according to the reports. Meanwhile, Illinois just signed a, just joined a growing list of states that have divest public funds from Unilever Unilever over the ice cream company Ben & Jerry's announced several months ago. Josh Josh Gottenheimer said hecklers shouted Jews and other anti-Semitic slurs at him as he was and commerce um security Gina Remedio descended um Bergen County of New Jersey to promote Biden administration build back better infrastructure bill last week last September a Jewish real estate agent from Florida was shot and killed by a tenant who was who had been evicted by from a building and mistakenly identified her as the owner of the building mayor bill de blasio is going to be running for um for governor he said today he is running. All right, let's go back to our 
our videos. Here we go. Alliant understands things. All right, this is Trump. This is Trump. Um, at a talk. Here we go. At first. Baptist Dallas today in downtown, one of the largest Southern Baptist churches in all of North Texas, that congregation receiving the annual Christmas message and listen to a very special invited guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the 45th president of the United States of America, President Donald J. Trump. A standing ovation as former President Donald Trump walked out with friend and senior pastor Dr. Robert Jeffress. Church members and visitors waited outside for several hours this morning just for the chance to be inside that sanctuary with Mr. Trump. I think he represents our country well. I think he represents Christianity well. The former president talked for about 10 minutes, going off script at first. I think our nation's in great trouble. Addressing issues including the withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan, immigration and the border, as well as inflation. There's a lot of clouds hanging over our country right now, very dark clouds, but we will come back bigger and better and stronger than ever before, I'm telling you that. I don't think the president said anything overtly political. He didn't mention any candidates that he was supporting or opposing. And then the former president delivered his Christmas message. And our country needs a savior right now, and our country has a savior. And that's not me. That's somebody much higher up than me. Much higher up. Before ending his speech with a promise. It's America first and make America great again. And we will do it. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Mr. Trump spoke before an estimated 4,000 people. Stage with former Fox News. President Trump breaking some news over the weekend, revealing he received a COVID booster shot. News Nation correspondent Evan Lambert live for us in Washington. So, Evan, this isn't necessarily surprising, but the reaction from some of the former president's supporters was interesting, to say the least. Nicole, former President Trump not only saying that he was vaccinated, but he got his booster shot. And that reaction, it was mixed and immediate from some of his staunchest supporters. This is he was sharing the stage with former Fox News host Bill O'Reilly. This was at a live studio audience over the weekend in Dallas. Watch. Both the president and I are vaxxed. And uh, did you get the booster? Yes. I got it too. Okay, so... Uh, I want to talk about that for a second. I have mixed feelings about it. Um, about him saying, don't, 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 don't. It's a stupid idea because um, by revealing himself saying some stuff about his medical needs. No one needs to say if they 
if they are vaccinated or not. Like what I say. It's really, it's a really, really terrible thing. He's, in, he's increasingly optimistic of the red wave in 2022. It's really amazing. But, that's the only thing I have to say against him by that. But he's a great guy. I love him. All right, next, another great guy. Freedoms and liberty. Joining me right now is the governor of the great state of Florida, Ron DeSantis. Governor, it's great to have you this morning. Thanks so much for being here. Good morning. Good to see you. And we do have new worries about the Omicron variant. What have you seen in Florida? Well, Maria, first I would say that if you look at what's happened in the north in some of these states, they've had record COVID hospitalizations. That is being driven by the Delta variant. And so, yes, we are seeing Omicron in Florida and really all throughout the country. Fortunately, Omicron has not shown to produce the same level of hospitalizations uh, as the Delta variant did. Now, we'll see if that changes, but the numbers of South Africa, you know, I thought by and large were very encouraging and didn't justify the hysteria that you saw by a lot of folks in corporate media. At the end of the day in Florida, Floridians know we will not let anybody lock them down. Uh, we will not let anyone take their jobs. We will not let anyone ruin their businesses. And we will not let anyone close their schools. So people are going to be able to live life. They're going to be able to make their own decisions. I cannot believe that something that started with 15 days to slow the spread, now almost two years later, you're seeing lockdowns and closures. There are places, Maria, some of these universities, they force everyone to be vaccinated. They force them to wear masks. And they still lock down because you have uh, these cases going up. And so in Florida, people are going to be able to make those decisions. We do put a lot of emphasis, unlike most states and certainly unlike the Biden administration, on early treatment when people do get infected. And it's not just unvaccinated, like they like to say. Our monoclonal antibody clinics that we set up across the state, the majority of people that go to those are fully vaccinated, high-risk people. And so since we've rolled out our monoclonal antibody clinics, you know, we've had one of the lowest hospitalization rates uh, in the country. So we're going to continue focusing on early treatment, and we're going to continue protecting people's individual choices and freedoms. Governor, a federal uh, judge in appeals court on Friday allowed uh, President Biden's vaccine mandate for private employers uh, to take effect as New York and California are reimposing these mask mandates. It looks like this is going to the Supreme Court. Uh, you recently uh, talked about that monoclonal treatment from AstraZeneca, right? Yeah, well, first of all, on the OSHA mandate, I thought it was a terrible decision. Now, this is just the three-judge panel. I thought the whole circuit in the six would certainly have struck this down. I do think we're going to get positive relief from the U.S. Supreme Court on that. But, Maria, what we did in Florida is we didn't leave it to chance. We passed substantive protections in a special session uh, for Floridians so that they are able to have generous uh, ability to opt out of these types of mandates. And so we feel like we've done what we needed to do to protect our employees. I think it's important from a legal and constitutional matter 
that something like the OSHA mandate not be allowed to stand. They reached back decades, found some statute, and are using that to force vaccinations. That's never been done in the history of our country. And so I think it's a massive expansion of federal power that goes beyond the Constitution. So we absolutely need to win that case at the Supreme Court. And yes, we had another monoclonal. Uh, this is more for preventative, for very high-risk people. You take it, and then you have about six months of really good protection. And we should be talking about all this stuff. All you hear is the same stuff about masking and lockdowns. Uh, we should be talking more about early treatment. Fortunately, in Florida, we are. Uh, but that has been a huge problem for the last year when we've had available treatments and they've not been touted by the powers that be. Yeah, I mean, Governor, we're not even sure. And that was on Fox News. Right, next. Adam Silver. Uh, NBA. Listen to this. So, this is Orange Theory. Well, I do love... Because it's going to be part of our lives, sort of statistically speaking, I know that you said you're not there yet in terms of allowing players who are asymptomatic to play, but because there isn't ta daily testing, I'm you know, getting alerts on my phone about the Toronto Raptors and their plane and having so many players test and awaiting other results. Isn't that already the case, that players are playing with asymptomatic COVID cases? So is there any thought to maybe measuring viral load or something like that to heighten the responsibility around playing with asymptomatic players? We, we always are measuring viral loads with our P PCR test. That, that's part of the protocol. And so it's something, again, that it's, it's not just our doctors, but the medical communi community is looking at one. I mean, I think they're already realizing that you can move away from the 10-day protocol when you have players who are vaccinated and boosted, that it seems that the virus runs through their systems faster. They become not just asymptomatic, but more importantly, they're not shedding the virus anymore. That's the real concern in terms of others. And so we are actively looking, looking at shortening the amount of days that a player is out before um, he can return to the floor. When might we see that, the next steps of that, shortening the time that they're out? Because, you know, looking at Christmas Day, right, and the number of superstars that could potentially be out for that game, could we see that in effect by then? It's, it's unclear. I, I, you know, I... Next. Just jump right in. I, I mentioned that we're seeing a spike in COVID-19 cases around the world, but we're also seeing it in the NBA with upwards of 80 players testing into the COVID protocols with Christmas Day rapidly approaching. So... Are there any plans right now to stop or pause the season to allow for the spread to slow? No plans right now to pause the season. We've, of course, looked at all the options. But frankly, um, we're having trouble coming up with what the logic would be behind pausing right now. As we look through these cases, we're literally ripping through the country right now, putting aside the rest of the world. Um, I think we're finding ourselves where we sort of knew we were going to get to for the past several months, and that is that this virus will not be eradicated, and we're going to have to learn to live with it. And I think that's what we're experiencing in the league right now. Well, so to be clear, with Christmas Day approaching, there are no plans to pause or delay those games, but are, are there any contingency plans that are being put into place now? We need to talk for a few hours to talk about the contingencies. So, yes, I mean, I would say beginning from the day we initially shut down the league, 
you know, in, in March of 2020, we've done nothing but look at contingencies. So, of course, we always have those. But at least as of now, um, our plan is to move forward, um, not just for the Christmas Day games, but there are another roughly 23 games scheduled um, between now and Christmas. And, you know, every day is a new day. You know, we, we get the overnight testing. We look where we are in terms of our rosters and make our decisions. But at, at least, as I said, um, it seems for us that the right and responsible thing to do, taking all the factors into consideration, is to continue to play. So, uh, right and responsible thing to do. Why is it then that there's a delay in waiting to test players every day until after Christmas uh, and not starting that more immediately to stop that spread? Well, it's, it's, it's only that we're shifting to a different protocol post-Christmas, and that plan had been in place for several weeks. I mean, I think... Which is very smart, by the way. Which is very smart. All right, next... Left. They preach. So you want to talk about the 180 of all 180s? Flip-flopping is a house specialty, the creme de la creme from the left. They preach policies that hurt their own citizens in every way, but then backtrack only when the pain is so bad they have no choice but to try and turn it all around. And usually it's when they've sunk so deep that they run to mommy and daddy, a.k.a. the federal government, for help. Prime example, today, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot earned her 180-degree backtrack Medal of Honor when she asked, no, begged for just that to squash her city's self-made surging crime problem. That's why I have formally asked the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, to, with all delivered haste, detail ATF agents to Chicago for six months so that we can increase the number of gun investigations and seizures in Chicago. Got it. Got it. Our panel is here to weigh in. Rob Smith, Turning Point USA contributor and host of Rob Smith is Problem. Rittenhouse thinks that he's going to be, um, he's going to be suing the media, which is amazing. Listen to this. Experience as a local official, as a member of the In state legislature, this is, this is it. Well, uh, is um, uh, Jeffrey Tumlin, who's the director Burn of San Francisco Municipal Transportation Area. Thank you so much. Where's Jeffrey? Thank you, Jeffrey. Let's hear for Jeffrey for keeping uh, San Francisco moving and in a way that is safe for bicyclists, pedestrians, for uh, uh, people in cars and the rest. And during the Q&A, he'll take all the hard questions <laughs> because he tells us a beautiful story about what's happening at Second and Bolson. But now it's my honor to introduce Representative Desaunier, who is a member of the Transportation Infrastructure Committee of the, of the Congress of the United States. He brought to that committee his experience as a local official, as a member of the state legislature. This is, this is it. Is that so funny? I love it. It's really funny. And whoever it is, you're a legend. In front of in front of New York City and chanting USA and especially doing it in front of um in front of 
in front of the in front of Nancy Pelosi. So funny. Meanwhile, Turning Point USA had a massive gathering last week. Listen to this. Just a month after Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted on all counts, he has been quickly thrust into the spotlight, appearing for interviews and servicing all over the media. Uh, recently, Rittenhouse spoke at a Turning Point USA event where he was cheered onto the stage. Take a listen. Get loud. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. People love that guy. And he should, and people should love him. Meanwhile, next, the man who's running for Congress, Mike Collins. Listen to his ad. At the border, under leadership of Joe Biden, President Biden. He must go. He is a clear and present danger to the nation that we all love. have completely lost touch with the average hard-working American. Pelosi has been in Congress for 33 years. Biden has been a politician for five decades. I'm not going to waste your time. I'm a conservative, pro-life, pro-gun, pro-Trump, God-fearing, truck-driving outsider. And I'm not afraid to say I was pro-Trump from day one. If you want another slick politician making backroom deals in Congress, then I'm not your guy. I believe in the Constitution and that the Founding Fathers got it right the first time. I believe in free market economies. I believe in individual liberty and personal responsibility. I believe in limited government, especially a limited federal government. I will fight like hell to secure our elections, defend our Constitution, and stop the immigration invasion and secure our country. I'm not going to D.C. to make friends or land book deals. I'm just a guy who's sick and tired of watching the middle class be decimated, while Democrats like Pelosi use their positions to enrich themselves. Washington needs an overhaul, and we the people are taking our country back. I'm Mike Collins, and I'm running for Congress in Georgia's 10th district. Put the America First agenda back on track. Go to MikeCollinsUSA.com. Sounds so great. It's amazing that people like truck drivers are running. We need people like that. Um, it's amazing. It's wonderful. And we need to see more people like that. Um, it's amazing. 
Alright, next. What is next? What is next? Oh, this. Calvin Klein Defy. should be canceling the New York City. Well, I do not think that Mayor de Blasio should be canceling the New York City event because it requires proof of vaccination and it's outdoors. We should be keeping the events that are that are safe and, uh, and also the events that have fun for people too. We can't be canceling everything, especially if we're going to be living with COVID for the foreseeable future. I would say that if you choose to go, make sure that you're vaccinated and boosted. Make sure that you're wearing a, um, a mask, even though it's outdoors, if there are lots of people packed around you wearing a three-ply surgical mask don't wear a cloth mask cloth masks are little more than facial decorations what did you say cloth masks are little um is the mayor of boston your your doctor now jeez oh man oh man government it's all about government here we go next San Francisco shopping li shoplifting surge. San Francisco is nearly the most crimest crime rate. Ninety-eight percent of the cities. Here we go. Visibly fed up and not mincing words. And it comes to an end when we take the steps to be more aggressive with law enforcement, more aggressive with the changes in our policies, and less tolerant of all the bullshit that has destroyed our city. July 2020, San Francisco Mayor London uh, Breed announces cuts $120 million. According to our doctors. All right, next. It's ridiculous that they defund the police, by the way. All right, next. This one is better. According to our doctors, even if you're fully vaccinated, you should wear a mask when indoors in public settings. Wearing a mask provides... He's not wearing a mask at this time, by the way. It's extra protection for you and those around you. Even if you're fully vaccinated, you should wear a mask when indoors in He takes it off at reporting. Wearing a mask provides extra protection for you and those around you. After the speech goes away without a mask. Bye-bye, Biden. Who lies about the mask. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right, next. I, I don't want to speak on behalf of the president quite yet. We're still finalizing plans, but I think it's safe to say that the, the American people will hear from him on that day. But we'll have more to say, I would expect, as we get closer. Go ahead, Major.
Meanwhile, Biden plans to run. The commander-in-chief, President Biden, already looking ahead to 2024. The commander-in-chief saying he will run for re-election so long as he's in good health. Biden made those comments in a new interview saying, quote, I'm a respecter of fate. When asked if he'd be up for a rematch against Donald Trump, Biden said that that would only make him more likely to run for a second term. Hey, thanks for watching our YouTube. Invented, and of, and, of, and of course, this Chinese flu plays right into this. And I, I don't believe this is a conspiracy. I mean, it may have been in Wuhan; they may have invented the virus, and may have been a conspiracy that far. But I don't think this was planned. I don't think big pharma. I mean, I don't think big pharma is sitting around. You know, I'm sure they're happy to be making all this money, but that's what they're there for. They're there to make money uh, by curing diseases or helping to cure diseases. I, you know, I don't think. I don't even think that. A lot of the people in government, like the Blasio and people who are overreacting and being oppressive, are actually thinking like, yes, we can destroy American freedoms. I don't think they believe in American freedoms. I think they believe like de Blasio, that this is what leadership looks like. It's crushing people until they do what you want them to do. And I think a lot of them are also covering their backsides. You know, I think that that's a big part of this. But it does play in to keeping us apart and separating us and creating an atmosphere of uh, an atmosphere of fear. And I think it's good to take a minute and remember, remember what they did, okay, and why people don't trust them and why they're in businesses in New South Wales are being shut down. All right, next. This is in the East Room. Gets more woke and woke day by day. I'm like, what the flip? It's ridiculous, so ladies and gentlemen. If you go to the pharmacy, we hear this over and over again. Empty shelves, no test kits. Is that a failure? Is that a failure? No, I don't think it's a failure. I think it's a... You could argue that we should have known a year ago, six months ago, two months ago, a month ago. I've ordered half a billion of the pills, 500 million pills. I mean, excuse me. He's, he was, they're saying that he was confused, but he's not. He did the pills on purpose, and we know it. It's ridiculous. Next. more or just just as many or more people than Joe Manchin does and we're like the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change and your biggest issue is your your biggest issue is how are we going to pay for it and like this is the war this is our world war ii
People are dying. They are dying. And the response across the other side of the aisle is to introduce an amendment five minutes before a hearing and a markup. This is serious. This should not be a partisan issue. This is about our constituents and all of our lives. Iowa, Nebraska, broad swaths of the Midwest are drowning right now underwater. Farms, towns that will never be recovered and never come back. This is about our lives. This is about American lives. And it should not be partisan. Science. What an idiot. She should be ashamed of himself. All right, next. That was rendered just a couple hours ago at the time of recording, right? So Kim Potter, for just a brief refresher, was the Minnesota police officer, actually in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, who famously yelled, taser, 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 before firing her firearm and killing uh, a young man by the name of Dante Wright. This case happened during the, in the wake, I guess, of Derek Chauvin and George Floyd and during all of the protests. And this killing actually sparked a lot of protests on its own and therefore brought a lot of turmoil into the city, uh, well, the metro area of Minneapolis and St. Paul, based on what had happened. This was seen as a crime of racial violence by many, many people out there. Now, very importantly, nobody in this trial, there are no facts brought to this trial that suggests that any racial animus, implicit, explicit bias, any of that occurred. That was not a fact argued at trial. So if your entire premise is she's guilty because white police officers shot brown individual, that is actually not a narrative that was in consideration in this case. Maybe jurors thought about it, but it was not argued. It was not presented. And believe me, if the prosecutors thought that that would give them an advantage in this case, they would have definitely utilized it. But that being said, this is a crime with the charges of first and second degree manslaughter. Now, the first degree manslaughter charge in this case is really important as well because it is predicated on this idea of an underlying misdemeanor or gross misdemeanor or felony action that, well, gr misdemeanor or gross misdemeanor, sorry, not felony, that would be felony murder, that, uh, that led to the death of an individual. And in this case, the underlying misdemeanor that the state chose, that the state presented, and that the state argued was reckless use of a firearm. That puts this in a unique situation because that means that the elements of first degree murder or first degree manslaughter and second degree manslaughter are both recklessness. At the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. So first degree manslaughter with the underlying charge of reckless handling of the firearm actually obviously needs recklessness. You have to recklessly handle a firearm. And the second degree charge just is more broad, saying that culpable negligence is required to be shown in this case. Well, what is culpable negligence? That's where a big part of this is going to hinge. Culpable negligence is gross negligence with an element of recklessness. I've covered every minute of this trial on my channel. You can watch live streams that are multiple hours long that go through the entire uh, case from jury selection all the way through to verdict if you really want to do that. But the end of the day, you've got this element of recklessness that needs to be proven by the state in both of these charges. 
So what is recklessness? So that's Rakita Law. You can go watch Rakita Law on YouTube. He explains it. Also, even Rumble. Um, I'm going to be making a Rumble video, actually, today um, about um, the mask mandates and other stuff later today um, on my Rumble channel. Rakita Law is a law firm that's wonderful um, and it's amazing. All right, next, let's get to Biden and then uh, sign off in a few minutes. Biden and supply chain. We love our new home. Lots of windows. Hello, folks. How are you? I want to thank the business leaders for joining us today, as well as members of my cabinet and the White House team. Uh, before getting an update from my supply chain task force, I want to say a word about the progress our economy's made this year and how my administration will continue to tackle the cost increase uh, that uh, American people are facing. Uh, in uh, the end of 2021, with what one analyst described as the strongest first-year economic track record of any president in the last 50 years, nearly 6 million new jobs, a record number for a new president because of my staff and my cabinet, unemployment down to 4.2%, three years ahead of the predicted time it would take to get to that number. Applicants for new small businesses up 30% compared to before the pandemic. <clears throat> And the fastest economic growth in nearly 40 years. There's more as well. Today, America is the only leading economy in the world where household incomes and the economy as a whole are stronger than they were before the pandemic, even accounting for price increases. The economy I inherited nearly a year ago wasn't just in crisis. It wasn't working for working people. I told you that's the reason I ran. It's about time the middle class and working class people got a shot. Year after year, economic growth was too low. Wages for the middle class were stagnant. And the number of people starting new small businesses was declining. Over this year, we've acted from the American Rescue Plan to the bipartisan infrastructure law to change this trajectory, to build an economy from the bottom up and the middle out. And to finally give, and by the way, when that occurs, wealthy people do very, very well. We're not trying to punish anybody. They do very well. Working people in this country, the wages and benefits they deserve is about time it starts. they start to see it. To create an economy with more innovation and faster growth. And we're making progress. We've got a way to go. We're making progress. Still, a top of mind for me <clears throat> is what is top of mind for so many families. The... Uh, the pinch of prices and the cost. Look, addressing these costs has been and will continue to be my top priority, the entire administration. And the way to do this is not to slow down our economic turnaround, not to step back from this all this progress, but to build on it. We can and we will address prices by expanding productivity capacity in our economy. So we move more goods to market. Get more Americans working, encouraging more investments in innovation, and making sure American consumers see those benefits at the store and at the pump when they go to fill up their cars. Let me describe three specific areas I'm focusing on. First, 
supply chains. And I owe a lot to the people, the business people on this call, on this Zoom. Earlier this fall, we heard a lot of dire warnings about supply chain problems leading to a crisis around the holidays. So we acted. A lot of recommendations of the people that you see on the screen here. I wish we were all able to do this in person. We brought together business and labor leaders to solve problems. And much, uh, you know, the much predicted uh, crisis. I can't listen to him. All right, next. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and Merry Christmas. And uh, it's wonderful to see you all, but I know, uh, as Jill said, you'd rather be home today. And I don't blame you. Jill and I know how hard it is for you, but quite frankly, it's harder for your husbands, wives, moms, dads, children to be apart uh, or on, uh, on duty during a, a season of togetherness. And we Bidens understand that. Uh, we still... Every once in a while, look at that empty chair. And, uh, you know, service for your country is, whether you're in Iraq or, you know, Bo was spent a year in Iraq, uh, the Delaware Army National Guard. Remember that, uh, when we, it felt like, uh, as I said, and all those birthdays and, and, the, uh, and other occasions, celebrations, we are not together. So as your commander-in-chief, I wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you Thank you, thank you. It's a poor substitute for what you're missing, but I understand. Uh, I just want you to know how much we care. We're grateful for your courage, your sacrifice. Not only your sacrifice, but your family's sacrifice. The holidays really bring into sharp focus. Being apart uh, is uh, it's just part of the job, but it's a hard part of the job. And uh, it's but it's who you guys are. You're solid, you know, I, I get criticized for saying this occasionally, but you're the solid steel spine of the nation. You really are. Always vigilant, always ready when duty calls, 365 days a year. And during the holiday season, as we pray for peace and spread joy and glad tidings, we also look for hope toward the possibility of a better year. And to give thanks, and to give thanks to, uh, to everything, for everything we've gotten, to you, the service, your family. And, uh, and to give you as much uh, space as you need. Now, we, we were going to send this guy <laughs> over, um, but, uh, you know, we're going to give you so much to make our freedom and prosperity possible. You are, as I said, you're the best. Your families serve right alongside you through every one of your missions, your deployments, your hardship. We owe you. We owe your families. I've often said, as a nation, we have many obligations. We only have one truly sacred obligation to properly prepare those and equip those who we send in a harm's way and to care for you and your families while you're gone and when you return home. It's because, because all of you are out there doing what you're doing. The Americas, uh, all, Americas all across the nation are able to spend the day with their loved ones, enjoying the blessings of security of our American democracy. And uh, we're so, so grateful. <laughs> now we, we got Army, Navy. Marine Corps, Air Force, Space Force, Coast Guard, all on the line here. And I'm looking forward to hearing from all of you about the work you're doing for our country and what's on your mind. And you can ask your Commander-in-Chief any questions you want to. I'll try to answer them. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, Listen to this. Yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Uh, Merry thanks. Christmas and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. How about that? He doesn't know what the heck is let's go, Brandon, mean.
All right, next. I'm so proud of what we did with the vaccine, but it shouldn't be mandated, and it just shouldn't be. And, you know, the other thing is a lot of people, they get it. Now, your husband is now essentially immune. He's yeah. got a protection. They won't, even talk they won't about give it. no. They won't give credit to it. people that had it that aren't going to catch it a second time. You know, it's a very strong form of immunity. So uh, it's it, they're crazy. It shouldn't be mandated. It just shouldn't be. That's Trump next. Of its benefits, especially with elderly uh, groups, uh, senior citizens especially above 65 and above 60. So if it's going to be used, it's better to focus on those groups who have risk of severe disease and death, rather than, as we see, some countries are using to give boosters to kill children, which is not right. Hold on, bro. Let me play that back. What the Some countries are using to give boosters to kill children. Kill children. Kill children. Countries are using to give boosters to children. That's ridiculous. Next. Sick of this judge. I'm sick of the judgment, the, the judgmental stuff um, on some of this stuff. Nobody's trying uh, to, to 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 get ill here. Okay, it's a very you can. There's people that were hermits for a year and a half that wore six masks and did that and still contracted it. Okay, so so let's just be real here and um, let's just let's not indulge these things that somehow it's their fault uh, for not doing it. So okay, we'll see you guys later. Thank you. Which is amazing. That we saw last New Year's, but only about. We begin with the breaking news of the pandemic's impact on New Year's Eve. Mayor de Blasio announcing this afternoon that there will be big changes to the big party in Times Square. The mayor said there will be fewer visitors allowed with a later entry to viewing areas. Everyone must prove they've been fully vaccinated and masks are now going to be required. CBS 2's Ali Bauman is live in. Next. UK Health Secretary Sajid Javid has confirmed the government will not implement any more restrictions in England before the new year. This is despite Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland all introducing new measures on Boxing Day, limiting the size of gatherings in hospitality venues. But the Health Secretary is telling people to remain cautious, signalling he hasn't ruled out implementing further measures in January. Of course, we, we look at the data on a daily basis. That hasn't changed over the Christmas period. Uh, but there will be no further measures uh, before the new year. Uh, no. Scotland has reported record daily case numbers over the Christmas long weekend, registering over 11,000 cases on Boxing Day. The government is warning that the actual number of infections is likely to be higher due to a lag in returning testing results. Some restrictions have been reimposed in a bid to slow the spread of Omicron. Nightclubs have been shut and hospitality settings must reinstate the one-metre social distancing regulations. Crowd caps have also been placed on large indoor 
and outdoor gathering. Day three of the Boxing Day test hinges on test results after a COVID scare hit the England camp. Two staff and two family members tested positive to the virus, pushing back play by 30 minutes yesterday. Just when England thought its tour of Australia couldn't get any worse, a COVID curveball. Four positive tests in the England camp at the team hotel, plunging day two of the Boxing Day test into disarray. Fortunately, the players were spared... So far all negative, but the start time was delayed by 30 minutes and there's more anxious times ahead. Everyone in the squad has taken rapid antigen tests that have all come back negative and that gives us a degree of confidence. Two England support staff has tested positive. Along with two of their family members, players faced an anxious wait at the nearby Park Hyatt for the all clear. The COVID chaos has raised speculation that the next test could be here at the MCG. So many cases in New South Wales at the moment. Fears are England happier to stay here at the hotel near the G rather than travel to New South Wales for a fourth test. Cricket officials relieved for it could have been much worse. But they're fully aware that these times will throw up more complications. These are the times that we live in and... Uh... I just want to thank everyone for their cooperation. Mark Stevens, Sky News. China has reported 200 new confirmed cases of COVID-19, which is a reduction from 206 a day earlier. Of the new infections, 162 were locally transmitted compared to 158 a day earlier. Most of the new local cases were in the northwestern province of Shaanxi. China also reported 27 new asymptomatic cases, which it classifies separately from confirmed cases. This up from 29 a day earlier. There were no new deaths, leaving the death toll at 4,636. Mainland China has confirmed a total of 101,277 COVID-19 cases and administered over 2.75 billion vaccinations. The Queensland Premier says the state's hospitals are coping despite a sharp increase in the number of COVID cases. The Premier also announced that young children will qualify for vaccination from today. Despite Queensland recording 784 cases, Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk is staying positive, stating the Queensland health system is coping. We are not seeing any uh, massive impacts on our hospitals, which is really good news today, but we are monitoring this very closely. I just want to reassure Queenslanders that although we are seeing um, increase of cases, as we have uh, expected, we've been planning for this, we are not seeing the impacts on our hospital system to date. But I want to assure every Queenslander that we are monitoring this very, very carefully. Four patients are in hospital and Queensland Chief Health Officer John Gerard said the low number was testimony to the success of the state's vaccination rollout. The numbers of, of significantly unwell patients in hospital uh, with COVID-19 remains low with only four reported. He had this reassurance for those double vaccinated questioning the need for a booster shot. The numbers of patients that are in hospital sick su suggests strongly that these vaccines are working. Um, it is quite striking. The Premier said vaccination numbers are set to jump sharply. From today, young children will be eligible for the shots. Those children who are under the age of 12, so 5 to 11, from today, Queensland Health will start accepting uh, your bookings for children. 
So they will be able to start getting their vaccinations from January the 10th. And of course, um, children will also be able to go to the GPs and the pharmacies as well to get their vaccines. The Premier acknowledged the anger of those turned away from COVID testing clinics today. She blamed the queues on the extra pressure on private pathology companies trying to deal with the extreme demand and vowed to increase the system's capacity. Adam Walters, Sky News. Hello, my fluffy little friend. Next. Must be a soup kitchen network. In coronavirus news, Omicron infections continuing to rise as new restrictions take effect today. Health officials presenting new statistics to the Prime Minister Monday morning indicating that the peak of the fifth wave is just around the corner. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett was sent into isolation Sunday after being notified that his daughter was found positive for COVID-19. The Prime Minister has so far tested negative, though he remains in isolation. This hasn't stopped him from holding briefings with health officials Monday morning to discuss the possibility of easing quarantine restrictions just ahead of the peak of the pandemic. With cases on the rise, the highest since July, as of Monday morning, the health ministry reported that there are 1,760 new cases of COVID-19, with the reproduction rate still standing above 1 at a rate of 1.41, which indicates that the virus is spreading. According to Hebrew media reports, health officials presenting to Bennett statistics that show that 50% of new COVID-19 cases in Israel are now due to the Omicron variant. Officials also warning that the number of new cases attributed to the Omicron variant is doubling every two and a half days. This means that at the current rate, according to health officials, Israel is likely to see up to 100,000 new daily cases of Omicron within one month. And as of Monday morning, there are around 80,000 people in quarantine. Officials also telling Bennett that they estimate that due to the current requirements, Israel could lose up to 30% of its workforce in the coming weeks as a result of the mandatory isolation policy. As such, and despite the ongoing rise in infections, the coronavirus cabinet said to be mulling reducing quarantine restrictions for people who have come into contact with a person infected with Omicron. Today, anyone who comes into contact with a person infected with the variant was quarantined for seven days. Now the government is contemplating eliminating this requirement or reducing it to three days. Bennett reportedly saying in the meeting that no Israeli will be able to escape the Omicron wave one way or another. And while the Prime Minister met with health officials Monday, Sheba Medical Center began administering a fourth COVID-19 booster shot to a test group of 150 medical staff volunteers. This new study aims to provide much-needed data on whether a fourth shot could help boost immunity in the face of the Omicron variant. Israel last week became the first country in the world to offer a fourth vaccine shot. I'll... Meanwhile, next. 
And now to a completely different topic, the culinary world. Israel is a very diverse country with a very rich palate. And if you're like me, you like to try as many Israeli dishes as you can. So lucky for us, a new cooking show, Breaking Bread, takes a deep dive into the Israeli kitchen. And with us to share the details is Danielle Renov, host of the show. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to be here. <laughs> so let's right, start with watch, the show. Walk- you can watch the entire thing um, on ILTV English. Next. Just days before Christmas and the rapidly spreading Omicron variant is rampant with close to 15,000 new cases daily in New Jersey including in the past week, Senator Cory Booker and the mayors of the state's two largest cities. I came back positive, but I have absolutely no symptoms at all. I tested myself again and it's still positive. Um, I have no symptoms. I'm fully vaccinated and have a booster shot. The majority of the cases in New Jersey right now, close to upwards of 70% are are Omicron. The CDC has just estimated by on January 3rd, we should expect 1 million cases in the United States per day, and those will almost exclusively be due to Omicron. And absent anything stronger than a masking suggestion from the state, individual towns are now taking matters into their own hands. In South Orange, we haven't passed, surpassed 15 positive test cases since December of last year. And yet in the past three days alone, we've had 50 positive 54 positive, 48 positive this morning at 6 a.m. And so we are definitely seeing that doubling. Yep. Next. I propose uh, that we do $1,000 bonuses for all sworn law enforcement officers in the state of Florida. That's almost 50,000 people, uh, as well as fire and EMTs, our first responders, police officers and folks who wear the uniform. You really can't do that on Zoom. Right? You got to be out there. You got to you got to be responding. And so I think that they've really been leaders in, in these communities. The way a lot of, quite frankly, law enforcement were treated very poorly throughout the country. That uh, that we showed our appreciation here in the state of Florida for the folks that wore the uniform, but particularly with these young people, to make sure that they understand. I propose uh, that we do thousand dollar bonuses for all sworn law enforcement officers of the state. Hello, this is Governor Ron DeSantis. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The first Christmas in America was celebrated just down the street from the Florida Capitol in what was then Spanish Florida. Much has changed over the ensuing centuries, Yet Christmas still endures as a time for redemption, grace, hope, and love. How blessed we are as a people to live in a country that protects our right to celebrate the birth of Christ freely. Our state has grown considerably in recent years, but I've been assured that Santa Claus will make all scheduled deliveries, and I have instructed state law enforcement to assist Santa with anything he needs. From Casey, Madison, Mason, and Mamie, for me growing up, I didn't see a lot of representation in the classroom and it ended up with a lot More of like, CRTs self- happening in our history in New Jersey. Meanwhile, next. Tis the season for more at Metro. 
officials cutting isolation and quarantine times for those exposed to COVID-19. The CDC coming out with some new guidelines, trimming isolation for those who have been infected with COVID-19 to five days from 10. If, and this is the big if, if they are asymptomatic, the CDC also saying people who have their booster shot do not need to quarantine following their exposure to COVID-19. However, they should wear a mask for 10 days after exposure. A lot to talk about now. Let's break it down and what this means for that reopening trade. Dan Nathan, your instant reaction to this late-breaking news. Yeah, first things first, thing, thanks for joining us, Frank Holland. It's great to have you on Fast Money, bud. Um, listen, this is great news, I, I think, to the point that, you know, we've all gotten conditioned to the sort of lockdown, the, the quarantining, the, the sort of thing that has to happen when people are infected with this disease. And I think the good news is that our country is very well vaccinated at this point, and we're adapting to some of the new trends as it comes out with some of these new variants. So I think it's great news. I think going forward, um, you know, I will tell you that right now, though, I don't think it changes much for Q4 GDP. We've already seen expectations for that come down pretty substantially. We've been living with this variant now for about a month and you look at some of the, the disruption that we've had as far as travel and hospitality over the last week week and a half or so that's not coming back and i think so you know as we think about q1 we're going to see expectations come down because the world the rest of the planet where a lot of our companies get a lot of their sales and earnings are going to actually have fits and starts with this thing and it's going to last a while so q1 gdp is going to come down so i think i'm not sure it changes a whole heck of a lot other than from a sentiment standpoint businesses are still going to be really careful as it relates to their employees in the back to work yeah right now we're showing some travel all right yep all right next prime minister nothing um naftali bennett was seen in ice in isolation booth at the knesset today um after his daughter infected by the Omicron variant. Meanwhile, this is the um, Mayor de Blasio. Business okay. leaders about this. COVID is bad. One thing we can all agree, and I've talked to a lot of business leaders about this, COVID is bad for humans, it's bad for our health, but it's also bad for business. And if we want to avoid shutdowns, and I believe we must, we need more and more people vaccinated. So today... The mandate goes in effect for the entire private sector in New York City, all employers. This is how we get people vaccinated. And we've been engaging business leaders, a lot of questions and concerns, which we're working with them on, but also a lot of recognition that this works. And my job is to protect people. So You didn't do it, and you'll never do it again. Ridiculous man ever. In the entire New York City. He killed New York City. All right. Next. Oh, a huge win against Dominion in uh, Pennsylvania. Let's speak about that. More than more and more states are demanding election transparency. According to Lee's latest reports that we're getting, um, people are suing Dominion and Fulton County just um, sued Dominion. 
it's amazing. All right, um, we have an announcement that Mishnah Yomi, which is the um, one of the study programs learning, um, just started. Download the All Mishnah app if you're studying Mishnah. It's amazing, and you could start it. And it started on Saturday. Um, we currently do a program for it. And it's amazing. And if you're... And, um... It's amazing. Alright, ladies and gentlemen. Until next week. Um, actually, before we go, we have some sad news to tell you about. To close out, actually... Um, actually, no, we'll, we'll, uh, continue to read more news. Let's first read off this news. Famous author, firm author, Rechaim Walder, passed away today. It was suicidal. Um, yeah, it was very sad today. Republicans call for a full investigation after Murphy's settlement veteran families who died in the nursing homes. Meanwhile, congratulations to the Yeshiva University men's basketball team. 50 consecutive wins, longest active winning team streak in men's college basketball. Um... That was from the NBA. And the, as we said, the CDC shortened its isolation quarantine period from 10 days to 5 days um, of wearing masks around, they say, in the shortening isolation, 10 days for people with COVID-19. The change motivated um, science determining Demonstrate, demonstrating majority of COVID-19 transmit, transmission er, occurs early in the course of illness, generally in the one to two days prior onset of symptoms, two to three days after, therefore, people who test positive and should isolate for five days if an asymptomatic at the time, they may leave isolation if they can continue to mask for five days. Minimize the risk of infecting others. So that's the latest from them. Long lines continue for the everything. Thank you to Joe Biden. Next.
New York City will require proof of two doses of coronavirus vaccines for verity uh, for workers. We spoke about this already. Yeah, we spoke about that. Spoke about that. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed. Have a wonderful.